0: Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life of excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at
1: nllutheran.com. Ooh, I'm a Ooh, I'm a All right,
0: well, welcome to the New Life Lutheran podcast. This is Pastor Eric, and we are interrupting our regularly scheduled programming for a little bit of a change of pace. We just started our table series last week. Um, which is where we are continuing to explore our strategy here, and we're exploring our life together in smaller groups. And I finally got enough questions to uh, do a question and answer. Uh, So if you have any questions that are prompted by this one or by any of the sermons or any of those things, you uh, can just email me, and uh, and we'll compile those when we kind of have enough to build a full episode, then we will address them. All right. Um, So we just had Pentecost and several questions came up about the Holy Spirit and his work in our life. Um, And so first of all, um, I want to ask this question that I'm sure lots of people are wondering. um, Maybe they're not, but they should be, is uh, how do the gifts manifest themselves
1: in the church today? When we look through the the scripture, we have a, a whole list and it's not a complete list i think some people treat it like it has to be a complete list it's just a list of the myriad of ways the holy spirit can work and there's whole there's a whole bunch of them there's there's things like like teaching and caring and uh, some of them are even being successful in finances and just being generous in that way i mean there's there's all sorts of things that are offered to us as spiritual gifts which are are the workings of the holy spirit within us it's part of that gifting that uh, Christ promised us as believers, and so, of course, they're still active. Some Christians would say they stopped, but I, I think that's, that's one of those things where you try to put a cap on God, and I think that's always an unwise posture to have, where we think like you know God used to work this way, but now He can't work this way. I mean, when you use that type of language, that's going to put you in a bad space. So I'd say God still functions however he wants to function. However, there's certain spaces, there's certain places, there's certain regions of the world that he doesn't have to function in, in some of those ways anymore. If it was beneficial, right, the gifts of the spirit are, are used to build each other up and to move us forward as believers. And so if they aren't going to be helpful, then they aren't required. And so, yes, they still work just the way they used to. They can still work the way they used to. We just don't experience them exactly the same because especially in America, it's not necessarily necessary. And so the easiest example are things like speaking in tongues. And so there we see in Pentecost, we talked about this this last Sunday where that happened, right? It was an amazing proof. It was an amazing sign to the people gathered for for Pentecost that something was actually happening, that God was really working. Everyone heard them speaking in their native tongue, and so it was this amazing thing where the Holy Spirit showed up and showed off, and and people believed, and thousands were added to their number that day because God worked in a powerful way. And so in that moment, it was for the benefit of the people. Uh, In the modern day, we live in a society where most people can communicate to each other. It's just very, very, very different. And so much of that stuff, I would say it probably still happens. I've never experienced it personally. I've talked to people who who have experienced it or, or have that gifting. I don't. Uh, Paul talks about the fact that he had that gifting, but he also says that there's other gifts that are better and, and more significant. And So we need to be careful with that too, to not go down this, this rabbit trail of that's the only way that you know you can be a believer, because that's not true. If you speak in tongues, that's the sign of the Holy Spirit. That's taught in a Pentecostal setting, and that's that's a falsity. It's not biblical at all. Uh, we're told that people are given unique gifts to build up the body. And so those gifts are still around. Those gifts are still evident. There's some that aren't as normal anymore. And so we see things like, once again, that, that speaking in tongues isn't normative because we live in a a country that everyone speaks English for the most part. And so I don't really need to use that gifting to communicate God's truth. And, uh, so yes, they're all available. They're, they're all around. God can do whatever he wants to do, but there's some that aren't as normative anymore because they aren't necessary for building uh, people up at this point in time. Now, if you travel to different countries or you talk to missionaries, it's probably a different story because in those contexts, uh, that is going to be more beneficial. And so I believe even if you travel regionally, if you travel around the world, if you're ministering in different contexts and different spaces and places, the gifts might manifest themselves in different ways. But in our modern context, like in, in our church today, we see people who have great gifts of, of generosity that are above their normal inclinations. We see great gifts of teaching. People can read the scripture, understand the scripture de- differently, uh, articulate it clearly there's there's all sorts of these things that are still evident in our church and should give us some security that the holy spirit is still active still working and still doing his work to build people up.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to remember that every everything that we do as believers is empowered by the holy spirit. So even though you know there's a there's a laundry list of of named gifts that Paul gives, but really every Everything that we do that's empowered by the Holy Spirit is a gift, um, is a spiritual gift. I don't think that spiritual gifts are like superpowers. Like, I don't think that's what they are, which is how people talk about them. Um, they're not like Christian superpowers. They are things that we do that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do them. Sometimes they are above and beyond what we would ever even think of being possible. Um, but sometimes I think they can seem quite ordinary. Um Reading scripture in our in our bedroom, or reading scripture at our desk, or reading scripture, um, or hearing scripture in the car, or praying, um, or serving others, um, serving our neighbors when they have surgery, or when they're moving, or anything like that. Those are all things that we do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but you are right; there are communities that that um, kind of there. They say that you have the Holy Spirit because you have one of these certain 13 or 16 gifts, depending on how they they do that. Um, We would not fall into that category. Um, So then my next question for you is, how do we know that we
1: have the Holy Spirit? Once again, we just go right to Scripture, and we see in Ephesians that that Paul writes these words for us. uh, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, so the good news of Christ, and believed in him, believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to praise to the praise of his glory and so we see how do we know we have the holy spirit well if you claim christ as lord and god has worked in your life and the holy spirit has brought faith into your life that means that when the holy spirit brought faith into your life he resided within you and so when we see that spark of faith We know the Holy Spirit is there. That's the evidence, right? That's the evidence. It's not a manifestation of the Spirit. It's not if you can speak in tongues. It's not things like this. It's that right there. That's a work of the Spirit. And we're told that that's the sealing, the sealing, right? So that's in you to say that you are part. But there's a secondary question is, can that seal essentially be broken? Can it be taken away? And so we see In scripture that there's a lot of warnings about the holy spirit a lot of warnings about uh, the denial of the faith removal of the faith and things like that and some people say some different church traditions say some different denominations would say once you're sealed it cannot go away but as lutherans we actually don't believe that Uh, we believe that you cannot accept christ we don't use that term we use the word receive right so god comes to us the holy spirit comes to us it works on our heart. We are dead in our sins, right? So only the spirit can rejuvenate us. The only thing that we can do is reject God. So like I said, if you don't want a relationship with God in this life, you don't get a relationship with God in the next life because God will give you what you want. But that's true also if you were raised in the faith. Now, you are baptized as a young child. You were raised in the faith that Holy Spirit began to work inside of you. And then you went to confirmation, you confirmed your faith, you did all these things, you went to youth group, but then you went to college and you decided it's all a joke, right? I don't believe it and I reject it and I move on. And once again, God will not force you into heaven against your will. If you reject God, he will give you what you want and you have kicked the Holy Spirit out and so that can happen unfortunately in people's lives and, and we've seen that and that's that's the proof is through experience through your life through my life we've seen people like this people who are on fire for Christ they were strong believers and then all of a sudden maybe something happens to them or maybe they they read a book that's not the tr- you know truth or maybe they get in with the wrong crowd and all of a sudden like i don't go to church anymore i don't believe in god anymore I have rejected, I have shoved out the Holy Spirit. And as Lutherans, we believe that can happen. We don't believe that it can happen just because I sin or I make a wrong turn or I stop thinking about Christ for one second. It's, it's not like that. That's, that's a different philosophy. Ours is an intentional, ongoing rejection of the Holy Spirit, where you are literally disowning Christ, saying that I do not believe in Christ. You are rejecting the purpose of the Holy Spirit, which is to draw you to faith. You are booting him out of your heart, and God gives you what you want. He's not going to drag you there. And so, yeah, it can't be taken away, but you can evict the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think that the
0: the question that I would—or the the way that I would answer this question of how do you know that you have the Holy Spirit is, are you baptized? Then you have the Holy Spirit. We as Lutherans believe that we continue to receive the Holy Spirit. We don't believe that the Spirit is um, static, that once we have Him and we are filled with Him, we are like 100% always completely filled and we have access to Him as if He were some sort of spiritual power. Uh, We do not believe that. We believe that He is a person and that He is dynamic. And that we continue to receive Him through the means of grace, through the Word and the sacrament, um, through the forgiveness of sins. So, um, if if you are baptized, then you have the Holy Spirit, and you continue to receive the Holy Spirit through um, the Scriptures, uh, the preaching of the Word, and through the sacrament and through confession and forgiveness of of sins. So, my question is, my question would be, do you have those things, or have you? Um, have you been baptized? Then God has promised you his Holy Spirit. You have him. That's it. It's a promise. Um, so you have access to him. Um, you have access to the very presence of God uh, through the Holy Spirit. So and that's how I would answer uh, that question. And I think, Pastor Ben, that you hit the nail on the head, um, that we um, as Lutherans do believe that um, we can resist and that we can push away. Um thank God that he makes us alive in Christ. um, But the problem still persists that we can, we can still say, no, and we can always resist. Um, So even though we are promised the Holy spirit, we can in fact lose, lose him by our own um, stubbornness and by our own uh, 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 following of our desires um, towards sin. Um, So yeah, we don't, um, we don't buy into the evidence uh, by gifts, but we do buy into the promises of God that uh, through baptism, we are baptized with water and with fire um, and given the Holy Spirit through that.
1: And a secondary thought on that too. uh, We talked about this idea that you can basically evict the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't happen overnight. For most people, that is a, a slow, drawn out process. And this is why it's so important to keep living out your baptism and reconnecting with the church to receive the sacrament, right? Holy communion, to come and hear the word of God and to continue to be influenced by it because it is a slow burn. It is a slow track off this. So some people will be like, hey, I'm I'm not gonna go to church for a while. I'm not gonna participate in the divine service, whatever that might be. And then slowly over time, it becomes more and more sporadic and they're getting more and more disconnected from God. They're slowly kind of shoving the Holy Spirit out and then there's the complete removal. And so if you have this fear within you that you're like, oh, I don't want to go that far. I'm afraid that I might walk down that path. Stay connected. Stay connected to the body of Christ. Stay connected to the people of Christ. Stay connected to your local church body. And you won't run into this problem, right? When you have doubts, that's fine. Be open and honest, and have those conversations. But don't just get immersed in a book or an ideology. Disconnect from everybody. Start dating somebody. Believe everything that they believe. It's important to really take this seriously. Really take this seriously. Stay connected, and uh, and then you'll never have to worry about this.
0: Yeah, and also don't um, don't don't look for an internal. Witness, don't uh, and I actually come from uh, a tradition. I grew up in a tradition that uh, valued and necessitated a kind of um, emotional e- experience, um, and that's how you know that you have the Holy Spirit is because internally you feel um, something, you have emotions about something, and your heart is strangely warmed. Is the language. The nice thing about Lutheranism is that we let God do all the heavy lifting. Um, we believe that he is, and I think that this is, uh, backed up with lots and lots of scripture. I think the biblical witness accounts to this, that it is God who saves and it is God who fills and it is God who does the work. And we are recipients. We are his children and we are given the gifts and we can accept the gifts. Um, so you don't need to necessarily feel like you have the Holy spirit to have the Holy spirit. Um, so God is working on you, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't feel, um, warmed or you don't feel, um, like you are particularly passionate right now. Um, God has given a promise through baptism and through the, through the Holy, uh, Holy communion and through the word and through confession and forgiveness that he will meet you and he will give you the benefits to that. So even though you don't feel like it right now, Um, If you are baptized, you have the Holy Spirit and you can continue to receive the Holy Spirit through those means, means of grace. Question um, about the Holy Spirit is if you if you don't demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit, do you still have the Holy Spirit?
1: Well, there's kind of two truths there tied up, and I think we need to understand them both. Is that we're told in James that faith without works is dead. But we're also told elsewhere in Scripture that works without faith is is dead as well. And so we have to land on both sides of those coins to really understand it. But we also see that fruits are the natural result of the Holy Spirit's work, all right? So it actually offers us a benefit. It also offers the world a benefit. So for us, it gives us confidence, right? So when the Holy Spirit works in our life and we see the fruits of the Spirit evident in our life, that should give us confidence that we're a part of Christ, it also does this nice thing that it gives others confidence. And so if you have a family of believers or friends that are believers, for example, if you were to pass away, it's going to give them confidence when they go to that funeral and they have these conversations saying, look at how the Holy Spirit worked in his, his life. Look at the, the joy, peace, patience, etc." And And they can have confidence confidence as well. So it gives you confidence. It gives others confidence as well. It also benefits the world. Obviously, Um, but I also think we need to understand that it's a a very dangerous trap to look at people's lives Mm -hmm. and to analyze them Mm -hmm. and take the role of God and decide who we think is good enough to go to heaven or not good enough to go to heaven based on their behavior or how we believe the fruits of the spirit are working out in their life. So I I think we just need to land on that. This is a benefit to us. It's a benefit to those around us, but we need to just stay out of the arena of deciding in our minds based on people's actions who we think is going to heaven and who we think is going to hell. If they have an honest belief, they will have some fruit, but it might be small fruit. I mean, not all fruit is created the same. And so it might be a little private, (laughs) moments where they actually have some joy or some peace or some patience or some self-control. I don't know. Uh, but we don't need to play that game. I don't think it's even worth playing that game of saying, I'm going to decide if you are a Christian by what you do. Uh, we hope that the fruits are, are large and beautiful and shiny and all those things, but not everyone's are the Holy spirit doesn't get fully control of our hearts in this life. And so it does offer the world a benefit. If we live our life this way, it offers our friends benefits. They can have confidence that we are in Christ. It offers us benefits because we know that Christ is working our life. We know the Holy spirit is active, but I think we just need to stay out completely out of the arena of trying to play that game that only God, God can play because he's the only one who understands all the rules and has all the insight to say, this person has the Holy spirit. This person has a seal. This person doesn't, this person has faith. This person doesn't We're just to simply to care for people, share God's truth and, uh, and, and worry about our own lives. Be more receptive to the Holy spirit, allowing us to have fruit and the impact that we can make. Yeah,
0: I think that that's awesome. Um, and I'll just again, go back and harp on the fact that God gives us a promise. The, the fruit of the spirit is a promise. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you do have those things. Um, But it is not for you, and I like what you said, to judge others or even judge yourself. You have those things. God has given you that promise. Trust in that promise and walk in that reality. Um, So it's really an identity issue. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have love joy peace patience kindness goodness in the whole list you have them you can resist them but you do have them so i'm just going to harp back on that point that it is a promise that you have them um and so yes if you have the holy spirit you do have the fruits of the spirit um it's just not your place to judge if others are living by them or i think even if you're living by them so just embrace them live in them um and enjoy them last question is a subjective question, um, and it's phrased this way. Have you ever experienced being in the Spirit?
1: So this is a, a term that I, I don't think we really use too much around a Lutheran church, or at least I, I don't throw it around a lot, for sure. Um, typically, the idea of being in the Spirit lands in more of our Pentecostal brothers and sisters churches, the idea of basically the Spirit taking Control of you, I guess, would be a way to say it. I thought Pastor Eric did a good job on Sunday of using the analogy of like alcohol taking control of you. Obviously, that can be a, a very negative consequence. The Holy Spirit takes control. It's a, it's a very positive outcome. But the same kind of idea, like you're able to do things that you couldn't do before or uh, articulate things the way you never could before or have thoughts that you never had before, things like that. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the two ways the Holy Spirit interacts with us. And the terms are indwelling and infilling. And so we've already stepped into Ephesians, right? We know the Holy Spirit, uh, for those who are in Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, which means he resides within us. But then Pastor Eric did a good job of clarifying that the Holy Spirit also infills us, which means He manifests himself in different ways throughout our life, and we have these ways that the Holy Spirit brings these fruits out, uh, these activities out, these ways that we can communicate the gospel out, ways that he uses us. That's the infilling, and so we see it all throughout the Bible. Special moments where the Holy Spirit infills people, things happen that are amazing and mysterious and beneficial to the community and and others. And so I would say for me personally, if, if we're creating those two separate elements, we understand that all believers are indwelt, and then occasionally we are infilt, if that's a word. I'm just making it up now. We're going to use it from now on. But if you are infilled with the Spirit, then God does stuff with you. And so um, I would say it happens to me all the time. It doesn't mean that I don't have awareness of what's happening with me, but it happens very often when I'm studying scripture. I'm preparing a sermon uh, most Sundays. And so I'm, I am I kind of run up into a roadblock. I've read the scripture hundreds, maybe thousands of times in my life. And I'm like, okay, what is a saying that's going to be transformative for the people? What is this saying that not everyone knows already or it's beyond the the basic truth. And that's where I see the Holy Spirit show up in my life, is I see all of a sudden him revealing things to me for the first time I've never thought of. I haven't read them in a book. I mean, it's just like he's opening my eyes so that I can transfer this truth into people's hearts and minds so they can experience the transformation that God has to offer for them. And that's why oftentimes I'll have people say, I've never heard it said that way. I've never heard it communicated that way. I've never thought of it that way. That's not me. That's not because I have some amazing special gift. That's the Holy Spirit using me as a tool to communicate his truth. I've also seen this happen too when I'm talking with somebody and maybe they ask me a tough question. It's someone struggling with their faith or maybe someone who doesn't even have faith. and They're asking me questions. And sometimes I've written them down. Sometimes I've verbalized them in situations like this. And all of a sudden I come up with a way better response than I ever should. And that's the Holy Spirit working through me. I mean, I've literally gone back and read some some responses that I have written down. And I'm like, whoa, who wrote this? And it was me. But it wasn't really me. It was the Holy Spirit working through me when they're when he's... In filling me and using me as a, as, an, as a tool to communicate his truth? And so I would say yes, but probably not in the context like like this is inferring, like have I uh, lost control of my body? Have I laughed outrageously until I was crying because of the Holy Spirit? Have I spoken in tongues? The answer is a lot of those things that we typically associate with in a Pentecostal movement, the answer is No but does the Holy Spirit use me? Of course. Does he do amazing things that I don't understand? Yes. Are they verifiable? Absolutely. I've gone back and looked at these things. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that happened. I mean, that guy 10 years ago, uh, how did he write this? And the answer was, I wasn't necessarily that smart. I just was open and tuned in to what the Holy Spirit had for me. And so the answer is yes, but maybe not like The way this question is inferring, like I have lost control, like the Holy Spirit had uh, taken over me like a small batch whiskey or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would um, I would echo a similar sentiment. Um, I I am assuming that the question was meant to be in a uh, what we kind of tend to think of as a Pentecostal. Are are you in the spirit is kind of how they phrase that. Um, And I no, I mean, yes. I've never. I I have not had ecstatic experiences like that of um, our, our Pentecostal brothers and sisters. I have not. I have not had those experiences. Although I have been around um, those communities a lot in the past, so I have not personally had those experiences. But have I been in the spirit? Yes, often, all the time. Um, much like you, Pastor Ben, there are. There are times that I get to the end of the day, um, have had conversations, have prepared, have preached a sermon, and it is obvious that those were not products of me and my cleverness and my goodness and my you know hard work. Um, you can ask my wife; I have a proclivity toward sin and toward laziness and toward underachievement. Um, she knows that well because she sees me at home. Um, but when I am doing my calling, being a pastor, I oftentimes find that my work is much better than I could have done myself, uh, beyond what I can do, um, and have done in the past. So, um, yes, I, the spirit empowers me quite often and thank God (laughs) because I, I suck. I'm not good at a lot of things. Um, and, but the spirit has, um, graciously gifted me with um uh things that oftentimes i'll get to the end of a sermon and think i did not i did not say any of those words right i did not that wasn't me um saying those things so um i would say uh this i have i can i have experiences in the spirit um but they're not ecstatic the way that uh that the question seems to be asking Alright, awesome.